Evening guard, <coughs> to you, from Tony and I, fixtures before you who lack the sizzle that you might find pleasing. <laughs> what sizzle is that I'm referring to? It is the original sizzle. It is the original house of the sizzle. We're talking about the temple of the sizzle, the home of the animal sacrifice. Thousands of followers served under the golden arch that asked for meat, not starch. As a boy, the only sacrifice we knew with regard to the sizzle of meat was when our dad would sacrifice his hard earnings for a special treat to take the family out to the local sizzler restaurant. I mean, it's not like we didn't have meat in our house, but basically everything was frozen. But here, at the sizzler, man, the meat was fresh, so it seemed. And there, flames flickered in the air as your chosen cut of meat, which of course we had to choose the least expensive, was cooked and plated as you moved along the cafeteria-style counter toward the cashier. My dad, he believed in the flickering of flames. When he was in charge of animal sacrifices, he stood outside before our beaten-up barbecue in the backyard and summoned flames toward your heavens to cook our dinner offering. Our dad would have been one hell of a priestly chef in the temple of the faithful. No one, and I mean no one, can resist the calling of the barbecue, even you, God. But this ancient calling, this ritual of animal sacrifice, was not simply to fill the belly, but to fill the gap between your creature and yourself. The taking of an animal's life offered a moment of transcendence from the common flesh existence to that of the spirit. We killed to get closer to you. In Hebrew, the word was karban, to come close. We kill, though, with the holiest of intentions, for it was a gift. Details on how to treat the animal to be sacrificed were exacting. This could not be mistaken for a, a sizzler menu moment. Not that it mattered to the animals. I mean, their fate was sealed, and the fact that it was done with honor, huh, so what? Here was the two-legged, killing the four-legged, get close to an invisible being with no need of legs at all. Hmm. Imagine if the animal could discuss the matter with the ancient priest, like Douglas Adams did in, in the restaurant at the end of the universe. The cow coming to the table, pleading with the customers to please choose a body part, like the rump roast. And it would be more than happy to cut it off. I'll cut off my rump, and I'll bring it to you cooked to your liking. Such a flourish convinced everyone, of course, though, to order from the salad options. No one looked at the salad options thousands of years ago. <laughs> salad would not do. Flesh would do. The ritual of an animal sacrifice was a priestly reweave of the violence of the moment and turning the path of the warm blood running from the altar to a higher purpose. Forgiveness. May the sacrifice please you enough to forgive my sins of guilt, sinful actions, intended or unintended. And may it please you to hang out with us in our homely temple and oversee our nosh. Are we out of napkins again? Today, God, when we order meat off the menu, we do not think about it as a sacrifice, as offering, a gift. It is an action of pleasure, a need to satiate one's hunger. And as we cut into the meat, we do not see the sauce of our sins dripping on the plate. Huh, macabre. 
not to the ancient priests. It was an opportunity there for an instant, a tiny, tiny instant. The priests were trying to catch lightning in a bottle. It's a moment when life leaves and opens a portal to you. Quick, God, hear me. God, listen to me. Forgive me. And as quickly as it opened, it shuts tight again. The sacrificing of an animal has always been a luxury of the wealthy. In my family, if the chicken never walked the earth, our family might never have known what meat tasted like. Even fish was seen as having feathers. We hoarded cans of tuna in our basement cabinets with the nickname Chicken of the Sea. Our family, had we lived in the days of animal sacrifices, we would have brought grain offerings mixed with spice to be burnt by the priests. Who could afford to buy meat and then to add financial insult by bringing that animal to the temple to be offered up? The poor man of thousands of years ago and my father knew as they gave the priests their humble gift that it was a long shot at best. Wait, what influence could my measly spiced meal have over the power of sizzling fat, filling the air of the temple and licking of fingers covered in goat grease? A waste of good grain, my father would have said. Still, he would have done it again and again and again just in case, God, by some miracle, some miracle, God, you would hear me. My father was the same with lottery tickets. He never missed a week, even if the numbers missed him. He prayed to be heard, and if not, it was his fault, not God's. What chance does a poor person have, God? How can men like my father, like my mother, expect to cleanse our sins of the flesh when we can't afford to offer you flesh in kind? Are you so stoic, so honorable, that you hear the poor pleas more loudly than those offered to you by the rich? Well, to be honest, I'm not convinced. If you truly, as was stated, found the smells of the offering pleasing, that, of course, of the meat, what chance does a laborer have? My father spent his whole life living in the shadows of the professionals of our temple, ashamed that he was not like them. He could not afford the best meats. Am I insulting you? How dare I suggest that you don't care more for the poor? Well, I suggest it because the facts seem to pile up like carcasses in a ditch. The voice of the poor is drowned out by the sizzle. The meek shall inherit the earth. Ha! The gentle, the shy will do what? Inherit what? An earth that is being depleted by the rich who will find another planet one day and leave the meek to inherit an earth that no intergalactic realtor wants to show? Huh? Praise be! Am I acting like a little shit all righteous in your grill? Am I, am I not living a life that is better than my mom and my dad's? Yes. Yes. I am living a life that's better. They made the ultimate sacrifice. Since they could not afford to sacrifice an animal to you, they sacrificed their own flesh, as the poor have done throughout the ages. My father died at 53, my mom at 60. What gifts do I have to impress you? Me. Take me. Accept myself as an offering. Open a portal and hear my pleas. Take away my sins and let my children become wealthy enough to avoid sacrificing their lives for their children. 
That is a sacrifice that the poor make, for they know their fate just as the sacrificial animal does. The beasts of burden and the poor wear the same yoke. And I'm not so dull to know it is the flesh, not the grain, that curries favor. Today, animal sacrifices are no longer in vogue. It is against our, well, evolved sensibilities. How horrible would it be for today's children to witness the violence of the killing of an animal in your name? Life should not be treated with such disdain, no matter how ritualized the ceremony. Well, tell that to the children of India. In India, almost every child knows that all life is sacred except human. Indian children learn to accept this. They don't rail against it. How can you when it plays out on the street every day? My father was a beast of burden. His mother yoked him young. When he married, he continued to provide for us and the needs of his own mother. He worked three jobs, and when he was home, he slept. The only flesh he could offer up to God was his own. There was no, no ritual, no rabbi to bring a ceremonial honor to his sacrifice. He quietly offered himself before his own private altar and hoped it would be worthy. Bless my father. Bless the poor who sacrificed themselves without the glamour of the sizzle. May their names be for a blessing. Well, it's time to sizzle up, God. I've got a song for you. That's right. That's right. The words are going to pop like flesh and fat. <laughs> now there's a review. Here's my offering to you. Sizzle, sizzle, put it on the BBQ. Get a high priest, make it all cozy, kosher, true. <coughs> sizzle, sizzle. What can I sacrifice? Got no goat, got no bull, got no meat for you. Sizzle, sizzle, that is what you like. But all I got is what I grow, you know, the staff of life. Can make it in patties, can make it in cake. Add some spice, but it's Me. 
myself on the grill, step up to the altar. Let me think. I think I need a few Advil. I don't want to rush into things like that. Mm-hmm. What about the flour from my meal? What about the grains from my wheel? What about the oil from my stone? Sacrifice myself, well, you see, that's a permanent loan. Sizzle, sizzle, put it on the BBQ. Get a high priest, make it all cozy, kosher, true. Sacrifice. Got no goat, got no bull, got no meat for you. Sizzle, sizzle, can't fake it, can't make it. No vegan dish will make the cut. It's me, you see, it's me, you see, you want no ifs, no ands, no buts. Oh, sizzle, sizzle, put it on the BBQ. And a high priest with an old cozy kosher true. Oh, sizzle, sizzle, what can I sacrifice? Got no goat, got no bull, got no meat for you. Sizzle, sizzle, get me to the altar, get me to the altar on time. Get me to the altar on time. And when I'm gone, you can carry on and raise the glass of wine. One more time. Sizzle, sizzle, get me to the altar. Get me to the altar on time. And when I'm gone, you can carry on and raise a glass of wine. Well, God, to say that I'm tired, which I've said to you so many times before, would be an understatement. I still have this COVID. I get tired easily. I'm not going to stop, though. I can't stop reaching out to you, to the work we do together. I won't. I don't care how tired it makes me. Is it a sacrifice? <laughs> I wouldn't say it's hardly the kind of sacrifice my mom and dad made. I don't know if this generation of children, my, my sons, what do they understand what sacrifice really means? To give up yourself on the altar in the hopes that someone else's life might be better. Well, 
miss my mom and dad. I'm going to bed. Night, God. Rest. <laughs>